Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Can you feel that? What is that? No, no, it's not Hurricane Dorian bearing down on us. It's FIBA World Cup time. The Magic have four players in the tourney. Also, top five basketball movies and the 2019-2020 NBA schedule is out. Let's go. You can feel it. Summer. I feel like summer. I feel like summer. You can feel it in the streets on a day like this. That I feel like summer. She feels like summer. All right, before we get into any magic uh, news, we're going to talk Hurricane Dorian just because me and you have been around here forever. We've seen pretty much every type of hurricane you could think of. The uh, We're recording this Friday, uh, early evening. We don't know what the heck's going on with this thing. It may or may not hit Florida, but everyone's buying everything in sight, and people just need to relax a little bit. Yeah, but, don't, don't show up to a Publix now. Um Mario Hazonia, who still calls Orlando home in the off season, was freaking out on on social media talking about just people buying everything galore. Like I remember, I can remember even like two days ago, Costco had to put a twenty case water limit, twenty cases of water per person because people were literally buying that much. So either yeah. there's like some price gouging going on, or just people are just really really freaking out. But. Uh, Dorian is a th- category three right now. It's going to reach a category four. So looking at winds around 130s, 140s. Basically, if you've been here for 04 when we had the three hurricanes, this shouldn't scare you too much. Even if you've been through here, through, you know, for Hurricane Irma two years ago, I had to get my roof replaced, which it finally got replaced like a year later. So I got a one-year-old roof right now. I'm waiting for my fence to probably get blown down in this thing, but we'll we'll see how that works out insurance because insurance is, well, insurance doesn't cover my fence. So. But um, anyway, I wouldn't freak out yet. We're not going to really know till probably Sunday morning really where this thing's going to go. And, you know, like my European models, European model says that it may not even hit land, which is probably the best case scenario. Probably not if you're in Georgia or the Carolinas, but for yeah. Florida, it's a best case scenario. So anyway, that's it for that. Uh, you know what? Let's jump into let's jump into the magic schedule. Let's so few uh, the. The week after we recorded the, the last podcast, you know, as we knew, the ma- the Magic, well, the NBA schedule for the 2019-20 season dropped. Um, it's very, very early, but I, uh, I, everyone knows that for a long time now I've been doing my game-by-game thing where I literally go through the Magic schedule and game-by-game I predict whether it's a win or a loss, etc. This isn't my official, official one for the 1920 season because I want to wait how the preseason goes and see what type of injuries and other signings or trades may happen. But I actually have the Magic going 49 and 33, um, which, based on what I've heard elsewhere, that can be very optimistic. Um, probably, actually, our biggest defender might be ESPN's analytics, who have us yeah. at like 46 wins. And the fourth seed in the East, which if you told me that right now, I'd take that in a heartbeat. For, if I told you four seed, 46 wins, would you take that? I, hard to believe that 46 wins gets you a four seed. I, I don't, I don't think that. how it would, yeah. but 
if that's what they're going with. Right. I guess I guess after Milwaukee and Philadelphia, you know, it gets really muddled up a little bit in the middle. So yeah, there's a drop off. So we'll see how that pans out. But I'm more than happily going to take that. Um, I do want to reveal my top five uh, favorite or potentially great road trips that Magic fans could take this season. Last year, I felt the schedule was god awful when it came to wanting to take a road trip and actually watch like the Magic play on the road. Last just, year, we made zero road trips. Yeah, which was the first in a yeah. while, yeah. In a really long time. Um, so I, I, I well, I'll talk about that later, but. I mean, we could delve in more with the schedule about what's in it, what's not in it. Like, we can talk about how the Magic usually are ranking, like, the top seven in miles traveled, but instead they're, like, in the middle of the pack as far as miles traveled. However, the Magic rank are are, are in the worst situation when it comes to facing opponents that are more more well-rested than they are. So I feel like that's really important, and that's going to probably suck, but... I do think that the Magic planned on something like this just because we were so healthy last season that our depth wasn't great, and our depth's actually really good now when you have, like, Al Farouk Amino just kind of laying out there as, as a seventh or eighth guy off the bench now. Right. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, the Magic have, I think it's a franchise low, 11 back-to-backs. So the NBA's been doing a good job. Like, there's no more back-to-back-to-backs we have to worry about ever again, I feel like. and then But the back-to-backs... They're down to just eleven. Um, I don't. Ha- I'm not going to talk about like, you know, can the Magic win certain amount of back to backs? Like sweep them two zero. I-, I don't care about that. But um, like I said, I got the Magic going forty nine and thirty three. You have a completely different um, viewpoint on this. <laughs> it sounds I, like I, I haven't made it all the way through the schedule yet, and obviously everything is subject to change, but. Uh, I, I'm hoping the continuity gets us off to a hot start, but I, I, I see a possibility that we enter our first West Coast road trip in December with a with a below 500 record. Worst case. That would be a really bad worst case because um, going into the end of the 2019 calendar year, so before so going into January 1st, I have us at 20 and 13 right now. Again, a lot could change if once I start seeing us play a little preseason. Maybe we'll know more about what's going on with Fultz and Bamba. And then some of our competitors, we'll see how that works out. And depending on where you look, well, okay, here's a question for you. And I and we talked about this slight that we would mention this a little bit last podcast. But what do you think is the ceiling for this Magic team as far as a playoff seed goes, or maybe even a win total goes? Right. Well, ceiling I think is because probably, Aaron Gordon has, right. like in an interview said our ceiling is fourth in the East. Josh Robbins, the Athletic, he's much more realistic person says the ceiling is sixth. That seems kind of low to me, but. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with Aaron Gordon. I would say third or fourth seed in the East is the ceiling. Although you don't want one of your star players to say that the ceiling is the fourth seed, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Okay. I, I heard the interview that they that he was in. He was just kind of throwing it out. So right. anyway, but I well, to, I, win total. I think wise, he was actually being more realistic okay. when he said, "Was what, what was what's a goal that's kind of realistic for you guys?" And fourth seed is pretty uh, realistic yeah, in that's my fair. mind. Home court advantage. Once you get past Milwaukee and Philly, everybody else below in the East is you don't know what's going to happen. Toronto lost. I mean, they're you know, Toronto's they're, lost Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green. Yeah. They're down. Abaka and Marcus are a year older. older. Kyle Lowry's just Injured, had surgery. Older. He's not playing for Team USA. Older. Um, so they they could easily fall off. Indiana's not getting Oladipo back for a little while still. When they I, do, and again, what we type of Oladipo are they getting? 
I know they got you know, they overpaid for Malcolm Brogdon, etc. But I think as a whole, I don't think that team's that good, that much better than, than they were two years they're ago. They're getting even, more press than more press than they deserve. Still, I think. So and then Brooklyn. I don't know if Brooklyn's even a playoff team right now. I'm going to be dead honest because, I mean, they just lost Wilson Chandler to the PED issue now, but. They well, got no, rid it's of, they not got, Wilson Chandler no, from five years ago. But still, it, I, we did own uh, a if, Kyrie Irving-led team last year. We swept Boston. Boston. We killed Boston. So, there's and, hope there. And the Celtics should get a lot better, I think, with having the stability that Kemba Walker will bring. And maybe that, maybe because there's four Celtics on Team USA right now, that's going to help mesh a lot of the big characters. And then Gordon Hayward, if he gets anywhere close to what he was in Utah – that team's going to be good. They're, yeah. they're going to be a top three team. But from a Brooklyn perspective, Kyrie Irving can be very can be very fragile, both mentally and physically. He could easily miss 20 games, or he can disengage himself from, from competition altogether and That's just kind of coast for a bit. So I don't, I don't think Brooklyn's necessarily a, a playoff team. From a win perspective, I think the ceiling for this Magic team, but just looking at the schedule, looking at our competition, looking at what we got on, on the team right now, I think the ceiling, like ultimate, ultimate best, is 52 wins right now. I, I would say 49-50, and again, you know, we're, we're talking about this in August, and the wild card out there remains Markel Fultz. If you get any kind of regular production from him, the, the whole season could elevated yeah, immensely totally changed which i think we actually might be seeing that but again me being the optimist like i said i'm at 49 and 33 right now uh from a schedule perspective the magic have you know their longest home stand is five games the one being november early in the season november 8th through the 17th their longest road trip comes in january which i'll talk about that later when it comes to fan road trip uh, potential right there but uh, it's six games in january i feel like every decent magic team that's existed has actually had a successful january road trip on at west especially when you think of the 09 finals team you know when jameer yeah. had a working shoulder at that point you know i distinctly remember i think that was the road trip the magic broke their three-point makes record i think tw- they hit 23 maybe it was the season after that in sacramento actually it was the season after that because jeremy richardson hit the three but still we beat teams like the the lakers when obviously they were competitors for the title right. because we would meet them in 09 but um yeah it's it's one of those where again my prediction could could drop it could go up i don't know we'll see how how but uh, a lot can change you know once training camp comes once preseason comes and we kind of get a better feel for how the magic go i'll give you your due on the predictions the last couple of years you've been pretty close and well, i remember last we've season come a long I, way since 2003 2004 when we i think we both predicted 50 wins for the 19 win 21 win team well God, oh, yeah, yeah. I wish we had Fucking a podcast. Howard, I wish maybe we had a podcast around, and maybe yeah. we, we could have that on record. Just be certain, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting how that plays out. And like I said, it's we got a long way to go before training camp comes because we have stuff like the FIBA World Cup, which we'll get to in a second. But I do want to just get, go through a few things. The Magic signed uh, Hassani Gravit to another Exhibit Ten contract. A lot of these Exhibit 10 guys, they're either going to be with the Lakeland Magic or they're not going to be gone. But it is interesting that this guy shot basically 40% from three in his SEC days. He was the SEC sixth man of the year for whatever that's worth. So I'll be curious to see if that can carry over. 
didn't carry over for guys like Tyler Harvey, but uh, we'll see how, how that pans out. Yeah, Jarrell Martin, he's on a non-guaranteed contract with the Cavaliers now. We talked about it a little bit. He he unfortunately well doesn't have a great wingspan and two just couldn't couldn't get his minutes in the rotation. Yeah. Interesting that he's on a non-guaranteed deal. I didn't think he played bad for us, so it's very interesting he didn't get a better look for, or a better contract from anywhere else. But who knows? Cleveland is going to be interesting from that perspective. Yeah. Going back though to the to the looking at the East competitors though, I still don't think the Heat are going to be better than us. I really don't. I think they're worse as a whole when they lost Jeremy Richardson. Goran Dragic, they have to they have to really hope he stays healthy because if it's just Jimmy Butler, they're not going to be good. They're going to be lucky to sneak in as a 7th or 8th seed. Well, they have to hope Jimmy Butler stays healthy too. He's got a lot more miles on his tires than Richardson does. Yeah, and the only the other team that I saw that some people have over us is the Detroit Pistons. And it's like, oh, come on. Are we going to be really impressed that they signed Derrick Rose and that, you know, they have Andre Drummond with uh, with Blake Griffin in that front court again. Right. It's like, and Blake Griffin's only going to get worse from a fragility perspective. And I, again, until I see it, I don't think Detroit's better than us. I know we had troubles against them last season, but from a season perspective as a whole, I don't think I, I don't think the Detroit's better than us. Right I agree now. with so, that. So, you know, we'll. I'm sticking to the 49-33 for right now. But anyway, so the other signing that we got to talk about, non-Magic related, Dwight Howard is a Laker now. And it was very fascinating that, well, one, it's fascinating that he's wearing the number 39 because I looked and number 12, I don't think, is, is retired by the Lakers. So I guess he just, he wore it the first time and didn't work out. So he's going with something else. And I guess three plus nine equals 12. And that's why he went with it. But there, I, that's a terrible reason for yeah. it. It's not a great number, but from all, it was funny that pretty much every former Magic center you could think of or former Magic big man was rumored to be with the Lakers because, well, Boogie Cousins, he tore his ACL, and now he's got a arrest warrant out for him right now yeah, too. So well, yeah. that fell off quick. But, um, you know, guys like Mo Spates and Marchand Gortat were rumored to, to possibly be signed by the Lakers. Even well, Joe, sadly, Kim, even Joe seems... Kim Noah, who wasn't uh, never a Magic, but Gainesville, Florida connection. Right. But sorry, you wanted to jump well, in there. So I was going to say, I, I, sadly, it seems like uh, Marchand Gortat's NBA career is over. Yeah, he and he's, he's, he's still here in the offseason for yeah. the most part. I know he's doing a lot of Polish-related stuff right now, but he... Um, I, I still think out of those, Dwight actually might make sense this time around just because LeBron doesn't want to play center. Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center. You need a center, even though you traded a young center in Zubac or whoever, whatever the heck. Yeah, Zubac yeah. last last season. They need a center. I think Dwight actually, if he just can behave, which is the biggest issue, if he can behave, he's actually a pretty good fit for that well, team, I, mean, I think. Of those players, he <clears throat> does the most positive thing still i mean you know most spades didn't even play in the league last year no so it's a matter of him being healthy and not being a clown and you would hope that at what 33 33 dwight howard's 33 yeah that he's not gonna but also when you've been a clown your whole life it's hard to take the makeup off right yeah that's uh man that's it look i i I'd be fine if he never won an NBA championship, but I don't wish like ill will on the man. He's as as much as Magic fans don't like to admit it, it's very true. He is he's had the best Magic career out of anyone in Magic history. You can't disagree with that. No. 
So longevity and success. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think I, I just because he's getting the reason why I'm I'm turning around a little bit on Dwight is because he's getting so much disrespect as far as people don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame. He's been a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame for a while. Now. Yeah. He has he has you know three time defensive uh, uh, player of the year. He's got all these All Star p- appearances. He's got All NBA uh, uh, accolades to his name. He's won medals with Team U- gold medals with Team USA. Like he's he was the one of the most dominant centers. He was the most dominant center in the NBA for five years plus. And speaking of the Team USA experience, evidently part of. Uh him getting a crack at getting a tryout with the Lakers was due to his relationship with Jason Kidd that they built during that 2008 Summer Olympic run. I didn't know that, so, but hey, since he's going to steal Frank the Frank Vogel head coaching job from him, yeah, that hey, might as well. That's a good end. If there's anyone that you want to vouch for your character, it's Jason Kidd. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, if you have no idea what that means and you're too young to realize that, just Google Jason Kidd and you'll figure that out. Um, but... Oh, man. All right. You want to talk about some of these magic courts? I want to. Let's put a cap on the Dwight Howard okay, thing. So right. he's on a non-guaranteed deal, as you mentioned. Yeah. So he, so he got bought out from Memphis, those $5.6 million contract, and the Lakers have him signed to the vet minimum at $2.6 million, I guess it is. Is he still on the Lakers roster in February, or have they already cut him? I think he makes it. I really, Four year? I think he makes it because, like I said, I really think that uh, Anthony Davis and or LeBron James are going to go through, if not injuries, they're going to get rested a lot, and they need bodies. It's very, it, it, it's got to suck for Dwight though when you have to impress teammates like Javale McGee and Rajon Rondo to that you belong. Like, come on, man! Like, seriously? Like Javale McGee? Right. Did he get Contavious Caldwell Pope's vote? <laughs> KCP's too busy counting the the money that LeBron's gotten him so many yeah, times now. So but anyway, we'll all right. see. Okay, so well, the Magic have not unveiled their new jerseys yet. I'm a little disappointed that that hasn't happened yet, especially since we got to look at old retro uh, throwback jerseys coming back, like the Utah Jazzes, Charlotte. Cleveland Cavaliers, Charlotte Hornets, who screwed up. Wow, their pinstripes are too thick now. They're too thick. They weren't that thick back no, in the no, day. No, but I will tell you, the teal and the purple are my Outside of all Magic jerseys, I have a great nostalgic memory of watching the Charlotte Hornets in those jerseys. So they, I, I'm still on board. I'm not a fan of them just because they tried to steal the pinstripes from us as well. Right. But um, even though that's not necessarily true, but I claim it is. But um, I actually would pref- I actually prefer Utah's uh, mountain jerseys over Charlotte's, and that's in. I, I still jerseys. prefer the Utah Jazz purple jerseys over the mountain jerseys, like the original, like the, the 80s note. ones. Yeah, yeah, the notes. So I prefer those. Um, the Cavs brought back that weird black-blue one that it, it looks better now than it did back in the day, so they made some tweaks to it, but it's, it's I don't the know. fat Sean Kemp jersey. <laughs> um, well... The fat Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp jersey will be if the Magic bring back the the Stars jerseys, and I'm, people love those more than I think they should. But yeah. just because it, a lot of it was the material, like they were baggier back then. But also, if you started sweating in them, it, it like it it, it it held the sweat. Yeah, it was it, a dark blue. It, it turned from like a, a regular blue to it might as well have been black based yeah. off the sweat. So when you had guys like Patrick Ewing and Sean Kemp in them, you were you were horrified by it. <laughs> they looked like cops, or like, like or like man. Dominique Wilkins yeah. in them. Like, oh my god, it, it's horrifying. Went so midnight, 
Um, so I'm sure if we were to bring them back, because technology has favored jerseys a lot better, There's it'll look a lot better in general, but we'll, we'll see. Moisture-wicking technology. But I do want to talk about the Magic. Well, so they're... First off, the Magic are dedicating uh, portions of the court to call. Well, they're calling the parquet floor now the Rich and Helen DeVos court, which it's fine. Whatever. Again, whatever your opinions are on the DeVos family, this probably should have been expected. Um, whatever. It, it it looks fine on the way it's going to be on the court. It's going to be listed on, near mid court, bo- both uh, on the bottom portion and the upper portion of it. Well, it's becoming kind of a standard fare across the league and across sports too. Yeah. So, so we, but know. the Magic are going to have four courts this season. So we go from basically one last year to uh, to four of them. So. They have them, the, the core court, which is kind of more of what Magic fans are used to. Now, big upgrade. They changed the logo from the normal Orlando Magic primary logo that they used to just the ball logo, the yeah. secondary logo, which I think you and I can agree, big upgrade. I don't, neither one of us have been fans of the Magic text logo. The font, yeah. the font got way worse than the, than the logo that first came out back in like 07 yeah. when they did that. And it's nowhere near as good as the original. Right. I prefer the original one, but even that 07 to whatever it was, 2012 or whatever font was pretty good. Yeah. But then they have this new other one that's called the Icon Court where instead of the like blue paint, much. I don't like it because I think, one, I don't like the black paint. Two, I think the pinstripes aren't going to look as good on a court as they do on a jersey. We'll see. I could be wrong. I just, I just recall how great the blue, the blue paint looks when the Magic are special in either their black or their blue. Just right. because, just the the paint, the paint contrast, comes out. Yeah. The contrast yeah. comes out well. Just everything just blends yeah. better. And then they have another one. So I said the core. I said the icon. And they have the association, which isn't much different from the from the core, really. But it just it goes back to that Orlando Magic primary yeah. logo, which kinda, we all hate. Kind of so. closer to last it's, year's yeah. court, essentially. Basically. So, but then there's this fourth one that the Magic have not revealed, but it's this orange and gray court that. Well, it's not even gray. It's more of it's closer to a black, maybe a brownish. I don't know. Yeah. It looks kind of Halloweeny in the. So on Reddit, there was this post that basically revealed all the courts that were that are supposed to come out this year, yeah. and so far it's all held the form. So I've no, there's no reason why this wouldn't be official, but this leaked, and the Magic have not revealed it yet, and a lot of the feedback they've received probably has helped, has maybe caused them to change their mind on some things. It doesn't look great to me. So a couple things, the the secondary, so the big thing in the middle is ORL. And when I look at this, I kind of think of, and somebody else had pointed out on Twitter, even though I, you know, I can't give you credit for it, I can't remember your name, but they said it looked like an old Phoenix Suns court, basically, yeah. Yeah. which it's it pretty accurate, actually, yeah. because they have the PHX or whatever, so right. we have the ORL, which isn't even our airport symbol, that should be MCO, but yeah. like they, they maybe should have went with an area code even over that, I don't, but I, just give me... If we're going an or, or orange, citrusy type of theme, just give me an orange. Give right. me something. Yeah. Give me, give me something that in, implements the you know the magic in an, in a fruit, in an orange or Juice something. It. Juice yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, and then even like on the corners where they got the secondary logo, they have the orange kind of leaking into the blue. It doesn't look great. I, maybe it looks way better in person, but I'm a little worried about this. I'm not hating it like some people are, but I think because the Magic got such bad feedback from a lot of the fans that they've held off on this, and maybe they'll tweak it some. I don't know how much money it takes to tweak a court, but yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, we'll see about that. That's an interesting comment, too, because obviously a lot of teams now have multiple cords dating back to last year and obviously going forward. So I, I'm i pretty sure mm-hmm. that it costs a couple hundred thousand dollars for a cord. And then you got to store it and then you got to, you know, break it down, set it up, whatever. So that's a that's a pretty sizable investment that you have to assume that the NBA is making the teams create multiple courts. I, I guess, but I mean, the Magic have four. I don't think any other team has four. I've seen two and three. I, I, I don't recall any other teams that have this many. So, Although, to be fair, a lot of it, you know, you're, you're just swapping out, like, the panels of the paint for the most part. Yeah, I mean, they fit so. like jigsaw yeah. puzzles, basically. Basically, if you're doing your own laminate flooring or something, <laughs> it kind of does that, only it, it's a little bit simpler. But And also, you have more manpower. You have, like, 20 <laughs> guys on it, probably, that, that put it together. Yeah. There's videos you can find on YouTube of how, you know, they'll do, like, the fast-forward of how they put the courts and stuff together. So I'm hoping that they – that and I don't know how long it takes to, to create a court design or whatever to paint it. I'm hoping that maybe they didn't do it yet and they just wanted to leak first just be, so that then they could have a few months to actually create it or there's, whatnot. There's a so. lot of uh... – you know, it, it could go either way with both the jerseys and the court for that alternate orange, and I'm still going to hold out hope that they get it right. Okay, so done with that. I'm going to go. So before we get into FIBA World Cup stuff, I want to I want to get into the schedule a little bit as far as uh, my personal top five options for a, a Magic fan that wants to see a road game this okay. season. So, I thought about this pretty hard. So, I'm going to go in descending order. So, so we're going to go... Now, before we jump into this, by road trip, you don't necessarily mean road trip on the road. You mean... Flying. Flying. And then... Because we've stuffed, done... And then cities and stuff right. that you can... That, okay. that are that would That are cool to go to that you can enjoy yourself should the magic lose by 40 or something. Yeah. We, we've done... Over the years, we've done... <laughs> we've had a couple of those. We've, we've, uh, New Orleans road trip lost by 40. I uh, was sick for that. All of the Southeast Division kind... You know, you you find like a Saturday night game in Atlanta, that's yeah. easy. Friday night in DC, you can we, make it work. We've but, done so, yeah. We've done yeah. The, the 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 bad situation is the New Orleans one where we, we still thank God had a great time. I yeah. was sick, I won money though at Harrah's. <laughs> I had this great seafood jambalaya pizza. <laughs> they had a dollar a beat of beer back when the Pelicans were absolute shit and they yeah. weren't the Pelicans, they were the New Orleans Hornets back then. And the dollar a beat of beer helped because it was the Daniel Orton game. <laughs> Which meant the Magic were down by 30-something in, like, an uh, arena that had 2,000 people in yeah. in the building. Um, it still wasn't as bad as the Charlotte trip that was much more recent, where we right. lost by 40. Ugh. And Bismack Biombo not only got annihilated on a dunk, but, <laughs> like, it, it was it, it was just bad. But yeah. the, thing, the thing about these trips is you need to do them so that even if the Magic get killed, it doesn't hurt your trip. Uh, that, right. that's, that's my right. key thing okay. with that. With, with some of that. All right, so, so let's get into number five. Here. Now, the great, the great scenarios yeah. are, like, if you go to Atlanta and watch the Magic beat the Hawks to to win the twenty uh, the second round series in 2010. Yeah. We did that. A lot of Magic fans were there. They let Magic fans bring brooms in, which I didn't know you could do. I would have brought one, too. Or going to Miami and watch Serge Ibaka actually play his best Magic game ever, and we beat the Heat <laughs> in Miami. So there's good and bad with right. that. So, all right. So my number five... Uh, Best Magic fan road trip, fly trip option okay. is around Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. If uh, if you're not a Thanksgiving person or if you just don't want to deal with family this year, um, there's quite a bit, few options, actually. 
and because there is a one-week cluster of road, of road games. There's a four-week trip. We're starting November 20th. The Magic are in Toronto. Then you have a few, a few days where on the 23rd they're at Indianapolis. They're then Monday the 25th at Detroit, and then right before Thanksgiving, that Wednesday the 27th, they're at Cleveland. All of them are in that cluster right there. So I would personally recommend uh, Toronto and Indy yeah, if was, you can bear the cold. I was going to say, nothing says Thanksgiving like, like Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not going to hate those areas right. because I've not been to those areas. Yeah. As far as Detroit goes, I like the Detroit airport. They have the little train and the Delta All portion right. of it. So, But I'm not going to hate on them because yeah. I've never been to them. Um, but Toronto, you and I have been to Toronto in yeah, August, right. not November 20th, but right. we've been in August. Great city, Basketball Hall of Fame. You can walk the whole downtown, basically. Yeah, Hockey Hall of Fame. Hockey Hall of Fame. Sorry, not yeah. basketball. Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, a lot of beer drinking options, or a lot of great drinking yeah. options. There's a lot of like underground clubs that we didn't find the first time that I'm sure we'd find a now, of, maybe. A lot but of great glass buildings. Um, yeah. So, but and, but there's a nice little time period in between there where you know that that's on a on a Wednesday, and then that Saturday you can be in Indianapolis on the 23rd. They're getting ready for college basketball season too. They have some really good basketball gyms that you may or may not be able to attend specifically butlers yeah. um i've never been to indianapolis indianapolis has still one of the best basketball state arenas in the nba based off of what everyone's told me and what i've read and they've had that field house i think it's banker's life field house now it's called yeah um for over 20 years now it's still holding up and it still looks great and i think you and i would love to probably go to a basketball game eventually there so that's my number five option okay four this one, it's the week before Christmas, so if you like skiing or if you like winter sports in general, I think I got a good option for you. So, uh, December, so Tuesday, December 17th, the Magic are at Utah. So if you fly into Salt Lake City, you got an option there. Oh, and or the next night, the Magic are Wednesday the 18th at Denver. So you can play this, this two ways, basically. You can fly into to Utah the weekend before that game. Do some skiing, enjoy a, a holiday resort or whatever, yeah. and um, and then go to the Magic game, and then you can fly to the to Detroit uh, to Denver for the next game where they're probably going to get murdered because it's mile high and second, second night, night of yeah. a back to back. But yeah. again, you're not necessarily there expecting Magic victories. Yeah. You're there because you want to check out these places. You're there to watch the Magic play. Hopefully they don't suck, but you're not 100% expecting a victory because then you're really setting yourself up right. for a bad trip. Yeah. But I've been to Denver. I've been to Denver in January. I went on a ski trip uh, up in uh, up in Breckenridge as well. Awesome, awesome ski resort up there. I think it's like an hour and a half drive maybe if you go slow in like in in bad weather or whatever. So, um, but a lot of a lot of winter sport options that you can partake in there. Also, they have a really really great downtown. A lot of beer drinking options or alcohol drinking options. Um, so that's my number four. I don't know if you have anything to say added to add to that, but I haven't been there yet. <laughs> okay, um, number three. This one uh, we're getting towards the end of the season where. I guess depending on how bad the Magic are doing, uh, the Magic will maybe have to win these games to get into the playoffs. I don't know. But uh, it's April 3rd through the 5th. The Magic, that Friday, April 3rd, are at Boston on a Friday night, 
And then Sunday afternoon game, one o'clock, one p.m. game in Philadelphia. See, now you're speaking my language on a weekend. So you can actually do both. You can fly into Boston, be it you know that Friday, you know whatever before the game, and you can stay there for a day or two. You can detour to the detour basketball to the basketball hall of fame, hall of fame uh, at, before you go to Philly. Although yeah. I think that makes it like a five-hour drive, but. I think it's it'd be worth it. Yeah. The weather shouldn't be bad by then. They, they, they there shouldn't be snow, but who knows? Um, but I, I've never been to Boston. I've never been to the Wells Fargo Arena. I've been to Philly a lot of times, but I've never been to the Wells Fargo Center for yeah. for a game in there, be it Flyers or Sixers, etc. So, mm-hmm. um, the great thing about the the Philly thing is because all the three main sports of uh, uh, buildings venues, or their venues yeah. are there a lot of parking you can actually park there for a decent rate or whatever well 20 bucks or no more than 20 bucks so um just something to keep in mind with that but the magic may, are playing would are feasibly playing really two really great teams in the east philly and boston are probably going to be top three top four teams depending on you know especially boston in particular everyone's expecting philly to be great but yeah. you never know with injuries etc i mean with any team you never know with injuries but that one I, I ranked third. Second, I, uh, I I I'm going back to February now for this, and this could be this could be a problem where I could get you stuck in a blizzard, maybe. <laughs> um, and this is a middle of the week thing. So Wednesday the fifth at Boston, and then when th- they have a back to back the next night, that Thursday the sixth at New York, you can take a two hour Amtrak and get yourself from Boston to New York. So that's not bad. I don't know if you want to drive out to the Naismith Hall of Fame if it's snowy or whatever. You don't have a reliable rental car, but I would, I would rec- I would say again, I haven't been to Boston, so clearly I definitely want to go. Yeah. <laughs> so I would, I may or may not do this in February. I'd much prefer to do it in April, where I may skip out on the Philly portion and just do Boston that weekend. Who knows? But um, just something to think about. I've, I've, it's Madison Square Garden. That's gotta, that's yeah. one of those back-to-backs where you feel the Magic have a pretty good shot at winning that second night of a back-to-back, even though the Knicks will probably be feisty and give us problems, and Alfred Payton might have like 30-20-10, who knows. But um, I, I'm very optimistic with uh, with the Magic hopefully winning that that second but night of a back-to-back. Or at least staying competitive. Yeah. But it's Madison Square Garden. I, I absolutely – I'm gonna kill myself to get to there one night and and watch a magic game there but and this might be the season hopefully do it again it could be a blizzard could not work out from a from a weather perspective but hey if you hate hot if you hate hot weather this is perfect for you because you're probably gonna freeze your ass off and up north at that point um and then my number one because i'm actually doing this trip it's booked it's booked i've booked this you may or may not come we don't know yet but i've booked this uh, it's when the Magic, it's during that uh, tough road trip in January where the Magic are out west, and it's, I'm picking up for, from the January 15th, which is a Wednesday portion where the Magic take on the Lakers, and then the very next night, again in Staples Center, that Thursday the 16th, at the Clippers. So I'm doing this. Yeah. Now, you could possibly expand this out if you really want to do more of a, a week-long thing because that Monday before that the 13th, they're at Sacramento. So there's really a couple ways you can go about this because they kind of screwed it up a little bit because on the 18th of that Saturday, they play Golden State. So you got to go 
Sacramento, L.A., and then back up to North, San, South, San Francisco. Yeah. So, and you definitely don't want to drive that. It's six hours of driving going yeah. going no. up, and then another six going back down, etc. So you basically got to decide. I'm staying in you know that San Jose, Sacramento, San Fran type of well type of area for you know of the week or. What I'm going to do is I'm flying into L.A. that day, the 15th, and going to see the Laker game, going to see the Clipper game. Obviously, I have to buy tickets for this stuff, so hopefully uh, hopefully I can get them at a decent rate. Obviously, I'm going to wait because I don't know if you're coming or not, yeah. so we'll, we'll see about that. But, and then fly out uh, that Sunday, the 19th. Um, L.A., well, the, that, those West Coast cities in general are, are pretty good when it comes to uh, rideshare options, be it Lyft, Uber, like fairly reasonably priced, especially when gas is so much higher over there than you are over here in Orlando. Um, may or may not use the Metro a bit. We'll see. I don't know. Um, may or may not rent a car. Depends. You should just uh, rent a Tesla from somebody who lives there. Then you have to worry about gas, right? That's a good option. Right. That's a good point. I, right. I didn't even look that up. But right. could see could see a show, could go go to a comedy club. Um, I may piss you off and try and get on the prices right. I don't know. We'll that, see. That wouldn't piss me <laughs> well, off. I'd be great. Well, no, I mean, if you don't right. go. Oh, but, yeah. oh, but, then I would be pissed. Yeah. Revisit one of our favorite bars of all time, the fun time at Davy Wayne. Good times good at Davy Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. Which, which the, is fun times. Which the place I booked yeah. is a 10-minute walk from that place. There you go. So I'm going to definitely go to that place. You're looking at the Hollywood sign. You're sitting in someone's fake backyard and having a nice drink. Yeah, so, so okay. that's it for that. I yeah. probably talked too much about that schedule th- stuff, but any anything that uh, might have come up in your mind, or is there any place that you really want to go to that we haven't been to yet? So I, as I talked about, I think when, when we talk road trip, or at least previously when we've talked road trip, it's been literal wheels on the ground road trip. So we've yeah. done Miami. Uh, you know, we've done Atlanta. We've you, done Charlotte. You went to a Wizards game. I, I did, did not to, venture that. I trip. did go to DC to see uh, Dwight Howard with a big cutout Dwight Howard had when we all liked him. Still, yeah. we've done New Orleans. So all of the like continent. We've covered like, the, the southeast, southeast, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I I always look for like uh, you know is there a Minnesota game on a Friday night or is there Indiana on a Saturday which there is so. I think this year, maybe some Midwest, maybe West. So wait, you actually want to go to Minneapolis? Because this is the first time you've actually brought this up. I would love to go to Minneapolis. I've heard great things. It just has to be in like April somehow. It can't be like, I would do it January just for the hell of it, but we're going to regret it immediately. Because look, you live for cold weather, I don't, but even then, like that's like below zero. I don't live for like de-icing the plane to put it in the air, so that's where, you know, kind of draw the line there. Okay, yeah, that's fair, so... Okay, we're going to do uh, top five basketball movies here in a second, but we're, we're, we're doing the FIBA World Cup stuff now. So, oh man, where do I start? Um, so Team USA is favored to, uh, to win the gold, uh, at least Vegas odds-wise. Serbia, I think, is second favorite, and then uh, Greece is third favorite. So yeah. we'll see how that pans out. Um, there's been a lot of controversy around this Team USA squad. Uh one of the Magic's uh, Exhibit Ten signings, uh, Daquan Jeffries, was on the uh, was on the team that was uh, playing against the uh, senior men's national team, and uh, they beat them in a friendly before they went out to uh, to Australia for friendlies and stuff. So uh, Daquan Jeffries was on the team along with uh, most of the other guys that actually helped the U.S. qualify 
for the FIBA World Cup to begin with because Jeff Van Gundy was coaching them. Right. But this was the first time, because we haven't had the FIBA World Cup since 2014, and this is the first time that there was a separate qualifying for this where it was during the NBA season. So the, so the Team USA had to use guys from Europe, G League guys, etc. So, And they lost twice. One of them was actually they lost to Puerto Rico here at the UCF Arena yeah. on Thanksgiving, which is very interesting, which unless you were paying attention or keeping an eye out on it, you had no idea. But, I mean, a lot of the issues with Team USA is they're missing a lot of guys. We're not going to go over any of them, but I will say that would you agree with me that Aaron Gordon not being on this team is very surprising? Yes, compared to who they asked and who said no and then who they asked after everyone said no. It's it's ridiculous. Like when you have Joe Harris as an option, no offense to Joe Harris, but like as come a on, primary man. option, like if you go through like their starters, and again these are twelve man rosters. So, um, but I mean the best player on this team is Kemba Walker, probably. Um, right. When you have guys like Darren Fox dropping out and stuff, you're you're really in big trouble. Um, so it's it's going to be very fascinating to see how how Team USA does. Um, I, look, Jonathan Isaac had the honor of uh, being on the select team that, again, they beat this team in some of the practice games and stuff. And who knows how it works from a rest perspective, how many minutes it goes. Some people were saying, like, oh, there's like a four-minute game and whatever, etc. But, um, yeah, it's the roster. If, Kem- if Kemba Walker's the best player, then the second best player is probably Donovan Mitchell and then I mean, they're banking on guys like Chris Middleton to hit threes. I mean, Marcus Smart's on this team for his scrappiness. They kept they they got rid of Kyle Kuzma at the very end to keep a guy like Miles Plumley. So it's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely fascinating. I will say it right now. I don't think Team USA wins gold. I'm saying it right now. If so I who does win gold? Well, are you taking the field or are you taking your? I would well. I'm, I, I would take the field uh-huh. as a bet okay. immediately. Yeah. However, I think there's quite a few teams that can beat them. I think Serbia can beat them. I think Greece can beat them. I think France, Evan Fournier, I think they can beat them. Australia has already beaten them in a warm in a practice game, and right. I didn't think Australia was going to be any good. And then pa- Patty Mills, who's in his 30s now, he's out there hitting 30, you know, scoring 30 points. Right. So. That's the other thing is other once they get past like the starting five, the depth for Team USA is bad. And they're if, vulnerable, and yeah. they're extremely, extremely vulnerable. And I feel bad because I like Coach Popovich, and he's he's set up in, in a really bad situation right now. But the Magic have four guys participating: Evan Fournier is on Team France, Nikola Vucevic is on Montenegro, Al Farouk Aminu is on Nigeria. And Kem Birch is on Canada, and until literally a day or two ago, he was the only current NBA NBA or on on Team Canada. Yeah. But Corey Joseph just uh, just hopped on here towards the towards the end here uh, as rosters have been finalized because this tournament starts Saturday tomorrow, and it's going to be fascinating to see. Like, there's already people that have been complaining about some of the accommodations that China's provided. <laughs> so, like, I know Italy's like already complaining. Um, as far as just hotel accommodations and and whatnot, um, I mean China is a ginormous country, and this is taking place in eight cities. So there's 32 teams, four teams in eight, in eight groups, uh, and then the it's two group group stages basically. So 
the top two from each group advance to a second group stage where then the top two from the second group stage of 16 go into the quarterfinals where then you're in the knockout stage. So yeah. um, there's, a, there's other things at stake. So Tokyo Olympics 2020 are next year, obviously. And so top seven teams in this tournament automatically get qualified for the Olympics next season. So if you make it to the quarterfinals, as long as you don't end up being that eighth to last place team, you're in the Olympics. So that's something to keep in mind. And then the top 16 get into the Olympic qualifying tournament, which will be next summer, 2020. I, I can't. Re- it's usually around June, July that takes place. So um, if you get out of the first group stage, if you advance to the second group stage, you're into that Olympic qualifying tournament, which it's going to be important for guys like Mont- uh, you know, Nikola Vucevic and Montenegro because yeah. I'm going to go through. Um, you can disagree or agree with me, but I'll go through quicks through some of these because I'm trying to keep it more magic specific. But uh, in Group A, you have Ivory Coast, Poland, Venezuela, China. Mm-hmm. I got Venezuela and China getting out of out of Group A. Yeah. China only because they're hosts. And look, I don't want to politicize this and stuff, but China isn't the uh, most freest country in the world. Okay. So it's very so not a, to a detriment to its people. That's just how the government's set up that way, anyway. But um, that's why it's going to be fascinating to see how uh, basketball federations and basketball players handle that atmosphere, that environment, because there's a lot of things at stake. You're in a ginormous country where a lot of the cities that you will eventually have to travel through to get to other games are pretty vast. So um, you can't just hop a bus and be somewhere in an hour. Sometimes, you know, you might have to get on a train. You'll probably take a plane, et cetera, whatever. Um, Then there is the diet. There's already people that I've seen where players have actually gotten like gastroenteritis or like food poisoning stuff. Uh So that's going to come into play. Uh, and then you're in a com- for most of these teams you're in a completely different time zone than what you're used to, um, and you're in a completely different atmosphere than what you may be used to. There's like weird, uh, interesting music that's used in game. Um, there's the crowd reacts differently. Um, I'll tell you now, like Giannis Antetokounmpo is already a rock star in China, so that's gonna be cool because he, he's gonna be a huge favorite. I'm assuming Team USA is gonna have a lot of support, but we don't know. Right. You don't know till the tournament starts. Um, so there's a lot of factors that go beyond just basketball that people won't realize until they're actually watching this. One of the things that sucks is all these games are on ESPN Plus. I'm going to have to fork over the $5 a month to probably watch this tournament. I'll probably do it. I don't. I mean, you can save a little bit of money if you buy it for the year. I think it's 50 bucks for the year, so you're paying a little over 4 bucks per month in that regard. I don't know. Do whatever you want. You can try out the 7-day trial and watch it during, you know, if you're in Orlando, you can do you can watch it during Hurricane Dorian and stuff if you still got <laughs> power. So, um but yeah, I'm not too worried about Group A. Group A is the weakest group by far, but Again, I got Venezuela, China getting out of there. Um, Group B, it's Russia, Argentina, South Korea, and Nigeria. I got Argentina winning the group. Uh, They still have Luis Scola playing for them. They have uh, some good backcourt guys like uh, Laprovitola. Um, I think Campuzo or Campazo got hurt. Uh, he like rolled his ankle, so he's one. He's he's gonna be a big miss for them. But I think they're good enough to where they'll they'll win the group. Um, and then I got Nigeria finishing second. Now Nigeria, people really really. Oh no, 
I lied. I got Nigeria finishing first. So uh, but I got Nigeria finishing first. They got Al Farouk Aminu. They got uh, Josh Okogi from uh, the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. They got a few other guys with, that are either in the NBA or have NBA experience. <clears throat> they have a ton of athleticism. They actually have a respectable amount of, of potential shooting in this tournament, where in the past that wasn't the case. Um, and I think they'll actually win the group. So um, Hot take. Uh, if you've looked at some of the um, the predictions from either national people or international basketball folks, they actually have Nigeria getting to like the quarterfinals in some cases. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I mean, it's a big deal. Africa as a as a continent does not have um, basketball teams that advance far in these types of competitions. So yeah. if Nigeria can break through, that's that's a big deal for them. So um, going to Group C. I got Spain, and then between Iran, Puerto Rico, and Tunisia, it doesn't really matter who gets out of that because they're not going to get out of the second group. But um, I put I- Iran just for the hell of it. Um, I think they got Hamed Haddadi on there That's still. Haddadi's so. still doing it. Um, Salah Mejri's on Tunisia, so he might he might carry them a little bit. We'll see. But Spain is, is pretty fortunate. I'm going to leave it at that for right yeah. now. Um, group D, uh, Angola, Philippines, uh, They've got no chance. It's it's Italy and Serbia that are going to get out of that group. Serbia is going to. Does Angola still have that guy that Charles Barkley elbowed? Is he still playing for them? I hope not. Okay. <laughs> I really hope not. Because um, then they'll really, really be in trouble. <laughs> so, uh, Group E, Turkey, Czech Republic, USA, Japan. So... I have I have USA winning the group. I have Turkey finishing second. They got some NBAers, including Ersan Ilyasova. Um, I'll just leave it at that. But the US, they've got some pretty easy games to kind of ease themselves into this into this tournament. So that's going to help them a lot. Yeah. Japan, Rui Hachimura has been very impressive. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does with the Wizards. But uh, Rui, he is actually. Or maybe he's a horn. I can't remember. Whatever. He's in the Southeast Division, but um, he might average like thirty points in this tournament. We'll see. But I, I think it's between Turkey and the U.S. and uh, getting out of that group. And then uh, Group F: Greece, New Zealand, Brazil, Montenegro. So I have Greece winning the group. Brazil is interesting because they still have guys like Anderson Barzell. Um, I have Montenegro finishing second in the group but i'm worried um vucevic needs more support like they they have a pretty good front court between him uh dubovic and uh todorovic uh but they don't have any real good uh backcourt guys and i'm just really concerned that brazil will will take them out and we'll see um i'm gonna be really fascinated to see how how vooch plays against greece uh Greece has some has some very capable big men, and I just want to see if Vooch can can carry Montenegro to the second round because if they get into that second group stage, then they're in they're guaranteed for the Olympic qualifying right. tournament. Yeah. So Montenegro, really small country, still making big strides from a basketball perspective. They've made leaps and bounds Euro basket wise, and I I think I think he can do it. I think he can carry them into that second spot in this group and, and get them into the second round. So we'll see. The other thing that kind of sucks with uh, watching these games is just the time difference. You know, we talk about the players getting used to being in China for, you know, the next two, three weeks, depending on how your tournament goes. But yeah, a lot of these games are going to be at like three thirty, 
4.30 in the morning. The good news is all the U.S. games Eastern time are like 8, 8.30, all of them. So at least if, if you're not going to work or whatever, you can actually like be up at a reasonable hour and watch yeah. these games. A um, <clears throat> couple more groups real quick. I have, uh, let's see, Group G, we have the Dominican Republic who they really – that's the other thing is this is a tournament where a lot of teams are, are missing a ton of guys that would be useful. Like Al Horford would be perfect on this freaking team, but he's not on there. So uh, I got France and Germany getting out of the group. Jordan, I don't think, stands no, a chance. Yeah. So um, France should easily win the group. I'm not worried at all. I wouldn't be worried about, at all about Germany if I'm France. France is interesting because Fournier, he's had a couple good shooting games here recently. He right. torched Italy. Um you know, look, a lot of these preparation games, too, are very deceptive because coaches are trying things or they're hiding, like, their main game plans or they're using no game plans and just throwing the ball out there and letting them go. Fournier needs to have a really big tournament for France to, to make it far. Um, a lot of eye attention's on Rudy Gobert. He's probably the best center in this tournament. Um, that's not saying anything crazy. I mean, he's already one of the best defenders in the NBA. Right. So, yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, it depends on what you got left from guys like Nick Batum, but uh, I, I think France will have no problem getting to to the knockout stage, uh, and they'll, they'll win that Group G. And then Group H, which is the group of death, it is Canada, Senegal, Lithuania, and Australia. I, I really hope Canada can prove me wrong. Nick Nurse, great coach. He's, he's had them playing pretty well. He's an NBA champion coach. Uh, yes, he yeah. is. He is an NBA champion coach. But uh, Hard to bet against Lithuania and Australia. Though. Yeah, I, uh, gosh. I have Australia finishing second in this group. I actually have uh, Australia winning the group, uh, Lithuania to finish second. Lithuania's got guys like Jonas Valanciunas, DeMontis Sabonis, former Magic Man, briefly, DeMontis Sabonis. Um, Lithuania always has a really stacked team, and even though they they won't be a medal favorite, they're definitely good enough to, to cause a little bit of havoc uh, in, in this tournament. So, And then Australia, I'll, I'm very surprised Australia beat the U.S. in one of those prep games. Obviously, it was on home soil. Uh, they did it in front of 50,000 Australian fans, too, on a really, really much larger uh, stage than what these tournaments will, will take on. Right. Um, like, a lot of these basketball arenas are, are legit. I mean, they're, they're big. They're, they're going to have, like, 20,000 people out of these, but not 50,000. It's a big difference. Um, depth perceptions different in, in situations like that. So, um, But I was impressed. I mean, Australia, they, they got Joe Ingles. They still got you know guys like Aaron Baines and Andrew Bogut. I mean they're they're going to be a problem now. They'd be a little bit better if they weren't missing guys like uh, Dante Exum, for example. But um, from a Canada perspective, three years ago, even when people were talking about this tournament, people really thought Canada could give the U.S. you know a run for their money when it comes to getting you know, get, you know if not Tokyo, at least this tournament really pushing for if not gold then a medal. But yeah. when you have guys like Andrew Wiggins, Jamal Murray sitting out, I mean it's a long list of Canadians that are out. Tristan Thompson, Dwight Powell, even Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's young. You throw him in there. Kelly Olynyk, he he backed out late. You know when he tweaked something. Rook, even have a rookie like R.J. Barrett or like a great shooter like Nick Stauskas on there. Like, if you had those guys on this Canada team, they would easily get into the second round, probably into the knockout stage. And 
this is the risk of, of not having your best players available for situations like that. Even going back to the FIBA qualifying, when you look at Slovenia, that one Eurobasket 2017, they're not in this tournament because Dragic and Luka Doncic, NBA schedule, they couldn't play in any of the qualifying matches. Slovenia didn't stand a chance. They didn't qualify for this FIBA World Cup. Yeah. This same situation is going to happen with Canada now where – because all these guys choose to rest and supposedly prep for the NBA season, which is the biggest crock of horseshit I've heard ever, we can have this conversation now. But I am 100% in favor of all these guys playing in these tournaments because nine times out of ten, it's going to benefit you more than if you're just working out and playing in freaking open runs where no one's defending you at all and you're right. not playing actual basketball in front of fans. Obviously... Look, it's FIBA basketball. Rules are a little bit different. Court dimensions are a little bit different. The basketball is a little bit different. I get it. That's fine. But still, it's actual basketball. You're getting into shape for the season ahead. You're playing for your country. You're playing in meaningful games where you're not going to see these types of, of atmospheres typically, even in most NBA games. Yeah, anytime you're playing five-on-five five in front of a crowd with stakes, I think, uh, does more to, you know, prime you for the season ahead than going up and down wearing a hoodie or half shirt so i think canada screwed as much as 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 great as ken birch has looked so far both even offensively and defensively he's he's actually been shooting attempting some threes and stuff and he's gonna have to be a focal point on offense he's gonna have to average like 18 and 12 if if canada is even thinking about getting out of this first round yeah um so the way the second round works is again it's another group phase where you know, a the the top two teams in each group A and group B go into group I. Uh, the top two teams in each in group C and D go into group J, etc. etc. You know, you move on. So, my group I has Nigeria, Argentina, Venezuela, China. I think with ease, it's Nigeria and Argentina that move on to the quarterfinals. Just no hesitation. I got Nigeria winning that group group I. Okay. So, from a bracket perspective. Nigeria looks pretty freaking good. Like the like Al Farouk Aminu, Magic fans, if that may not have been familiar with his game in Portland, you're gonna get plenty of opportunities to see him play for Nigeria if you have ESPN Plus or know <laughs> how to how to illegally stream like yeah. uh, the, these games, etc. But um, or you can see a whole bunch of highlights. But uh, I mean, uh, Aminu is gonna have a really good chance to get Nigeria. We'll talk about it in a bit, but he can get them to the semifinals. Um, group J gets trickier. So I have Serbia and Spain getting out of Group J. Um, I have Italy and Iran being eliminated. Italy is kind of ramping up lately because, I mean, they got Gallinari. They got uh, Bellinelli. Like, they have decent players. They have great players. Yeah. But Serbia stacked. Jokic is leading the heck out of that team. But they have Bogdanovic. They have uh, Bielica. They have... They have Shooting size, um, it, it, they lost Milos Teodosic, but they might even be better without him. It, it, it's crazy to lose a great, talented point guard like that in these types of tournaments and still be great. But Jokic is a beast. Spain, they're riding Marcus Gasol and Ricky Rubio. If they had Paul Gasol, they actually might be a medal favorite. But um, I think those two, though, is Serbia and, and Spain, it's better than Italy. Group K, this is tricky because... <laughs> I have I I have uh, okay so it, the four teams in the group are Montenegro, Turkey, USA, and Greece. I uh, I, I picked Greece to beat the U.S. Okay, um, 
because once you get to the second group stage, whoever you played in the first uh, group stage, you don't face them in the second group stage. So you're playing two games, basically. But the results from the first group carry over to the second group stage. But um, I have Greece beating Team USA. I just – I like this Greece team, <laughs> and I'm not going to be specific with players because most people don't know anyone other than the Dedekumbo brothers. Yeah. Um, maybe Nick Calathis. That's about it. Or if you're like a, a Kings or a Blazers fan, George Papayanis. Um, I, I really like this Greece team. We have great depth all across the board, and I, I think Yanni is the best player in this tournament. And when you have the best player in the tournament – you can go pretty far. You've, there's examples in the past where Dirk Nowitzki carried Germany to a Eurobasket final. Tony Parker's carried France for so long. You even had Andrei Kirilenko win a Eurobasket for Russia yeah. when he was at the peak of his powers, basically, and then immediately fell off prime-wise. But, I mean, you can see Hito Turkoglu took Turkey to a, a world uh, – uh, well, it was the world championships back then, but to a World Cup – uh, final in Turkey back in 2010 when they, you know, Kevin Durant and the U.S. slaughtered them in the final. But I've got I've got Greece finishing first. I have Team USA finishing second in the group. So I have Turkey and Montenegro bowing out. That's a very tough tight. That's going to be a very interesting Group K. Um, and then for the last group, Group I or Group L, I have uh, France winning it. I have Australia getting through as the second team, and then I have Lithuania and Germany bowing out. Germany, they just have pretty much Dennis Schroeder. They're not really going to be that great. But, okay, quarterfinal. Okay. And this, sorry, it's taking too long. Feel free to interject if you want or whatever. But uh, quarterfinals, I have uh, Nigeria versus Spain. I have Spain beating Nigeria. However, I would not be surprised at all if Al Farouk Amino's team beat Spain. I, I just think Spain just has enough, uh, you know, they have enough experience. They have... A decent amount of shooting. They still got guys like Rudy Fernandez on the team, except yeah, and yeah I'm on board so, with Spain. There, I would take Spain. Um, but there's no shame in Nigeria getting to a quarterfinal at all. That's that's a big that'd be a big accomplishment for them. Uh, I have in the other quarterfinal Greece versus Australia. I have Greece beating Australia. However, if Patty Mills is hidden is getting 30 points, I might be worried. Or if Joe Ingles catches fire, I might be worried. But again. I think Greece has too much fi- just power, power, and just too deep everywhere. Um, Serbia, Argentina, Serbia, I think will win that easily. Yeah. I, again, Argentina just either too much age or just not enough depth or are going to hold them back. But the other one that's going to be really fascinating is I have France versus Team USA in this quarterfinal. Don't say it. I have France beating the U.S. in the quarterfinal, knocking them out out of the middle round entirely. No, 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 no. That's I, that's where we disagree. I mean, I, I'm I'm telling you, man. I I just think that Rudy Gobert is going to be absolutely ridiculous in in that game because who's he going to be afraid of? Is he going to be afraid of Miles Turner, Miles Plumley, or uh, or Brooke Lopez? I don't think so. The only way that works out for them is if Brooke Lopez can pull Gobert out far enough to where and Brooke Lopez is hitting like five threes in that game. Because if they're depending on Kimball Walker, uh, uh, Spider Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, and like guys like Tatum and Jalen Brown to shoot them to a victory, I, I it, it's going to fail them at some point. And I think it's going to fail them here. Like Chris Middleton's going to have to average hitting like six threes per game in this tournament. Almost. Yeah, they definitely need to find somebody to make some jump shots. And I mean, it, if this France team isn't the best either, I mean they've they've had issues with injuries like. 
they've got Nando DiColo in there, thankfully for them. But I mean, Frank Natilakina, this might be his tournament to where he he like gets gives Knicks fans hope or whatnot, or just you know gives his support group hope. Um, but they have a lot of young young athletes and a few shooters that can that can really get it done um from a defensive perspective look nicholas batum needs to be a rock in this tournament if if he shows up for that usa game and locks down whatever you know wing is going to be the more higher offensive threat i, I really think france is going to beat them so okay. so i got that um so that leaves me with a semi-final matchup between spain and greece historically spain has greece's number and it's it scares the hell out of me that this would happen but i think greece breaks through they beat spain I got Serbia versus France in the semifinal. I got I got Serbia being too much. So then I have a Greece Serbia final. There's some homerism involved in this pick probably, but I have I have Greece winning the whole damn thing. I think the prophecy of Greece, of uh, Yanni's uh, shoes, his his new uh, gold Nikes with the yeah. blue and the white, his prophecy is going to come true. And I think Greece is actually going to win the tournament. It could be a situation where. Greece just can't hit free throws one game and they get knocked out in like the quarterfinal. That can very easily happen. But I just think Yanni is so motivated to to just beast against anyone. And and he really badly wants to win that trophy for Greece. He really badly does want to do it. Are you banking it on the fact that he's far and away the best player in the tournament? Or are you banking it on the fact that, that you, there's enough depth and talent on the entire Greek roster that they can get it done. I mean, it's a little bit of both, honestly. It's it's one what, of the. What's Kalathis going to do in this tournament? Is he holding his own? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he he he's he might he might lead the tournament in assists. He he really might. That is. And if game. he's if he struggles, we got a great backup point guard and Sluka's right behind him. So I mean, there's depth all across the board. Uh, like it it can you can throw out any type of lineup. You can have Yanni play center and wreak havoc against whoever we go against you want to pick up the tempo we got it you want to get size in there we got it so we'll see but uh that's it for my preview on that so um surprisingly you picked greece to win it all is what you're saying yeah in okay. in the in 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 something that should shock no one i actually really have uh have greece winning it all but i'm just disappointed that a lot of these nba guys aren't playing like steven adams isn't playing for new zealand uh you know um Canada's missing a million guys. The U.S. is milling a million guys. Spain's missing a bunch of guys. You know, it's. I kind of wish Taco Fall would have made the Senegal final roster. That would have been kind of cool. But uh, I, I think this is going to be a fun tournament. I will probably buy ESPN Plus for the month to watch the tournament. Okay. Um, I could legally stream it. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. Um, or stream it through Greek references. We'll see about that. But. Anything you want to add to it? I I obviously dominated that FIBA World I, Cup thing. Well, I just want to stay I, just like with the hurricane. Do you I think, think that's the, US, the Euro model? Do you prediction. think so? You think the U.S. is going to win? I I would take the U.S. over the field if I was a betting man. Still, I mean, I look, think the, I, the betting yeah. odds are the U.S. is going to win. And look, they've been they've a lot of these failures that they've undergone could be valuable learning experiences to where they're. They're hitting on all cylinders. Come you know the knockout stage. So, you know the U.S. is really lucky to the in that you know the their first group is the group stage is fairly simple. 
They don't really face many challenges till they get to the second group stage. Their first big challenge is going to be that Greece match, that Greece game probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, or and maybe Turkey, but um, you know, we'll see how how that works out. But I really, I'm really, really down on this U.S. team. I'll probably be eating crow later, or like when Greece gets knocked out of the quarterfinal, and like the U.S. is win averaging victories by twenty plus. But I just feel like the U.S. isn't going to do it. So hate me for it, but. <laughs> All right, lastly, we're going to make it a little bit more fun now. I, I, I rambled way too long on that, but uh, top five basketball movie films. Do you have your list? I have my list in front of me. I'm ready to go. Okay, uh, we're going to go descending order where okay. we're going to finish at number one. So Got it. do you want to go or you want me to go? Are we starting with honorable mentions or are we getting right into the list? Let's go honorable mentions. Okay. Um, so, all right, let me, let me, let me know if uh, – is Hoosiers on your list? No. Okay. Hoosiers, 7.5 rating on IMDb, which is actually probably the highest out of all these basketball movies listed here, did not make my cut. Um, I don't know. It gets worse after every viewing, I feel like. It doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold up. Gene Hackman's a better coach of replacement football players than he is of high school basketball players. I absolutely agree. Like the only redeeming factor about this movie is Dennis Hopper's performance as an alcoholic. Like it's really great, but I don't really care much for the basketball. I'm obviously we're talking like 50 years ago basketball, (laughs) but, um, it's not, yeah, it's, it, I don't care for some of the scenes and obviously, um, some people think there's a lot of racial undertones to this movie as well. Um, or overtones. I don't know how that works. Undertones, way. but um, I just I don't enjoy watching it. Then there's like an awkward love interest for Gene Hackman in it. Like it's it's just it's not my thing. I don't know. You'll find if if you give me like a decent love interest involved in a movie, I'll probably like your movie. But if you're yeah. half-assing it, you get deducted points. All right, come on, directors. The man loves the love interest. Uh, speaking of that, uh, love and basketball did not make my top five. Did it make yours? Uh, it absolutely did. Okay. Yeah. So you, we want to talk about this now. Okay. We're gonna talk. You want to talk about it now? Let's talk about it now. That's fair. Okay. Where is it on your list? Uh, love and basketball has clocked in at number two. On wow, list. that's high. Okay. Yeah. Well, I put man. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should have waited. But okay. All right. All right. Seven point two IMDb rating. Yeah. Actually, pretty good for a basketball movie. Um, do you want to go over your reasons why you well, like it? I, I will. I, okay. I will defend myself a little bit. All right. This would have been sixth on my list if this was a top six. Okay. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I just it's it's the quintessential like I'm a basketball player and I say that this is my favorite basketball. This is my favorite movie. So it just I think it checks all the boxes. You get uh, strip one on one scene. It's great. Yeah. It's one I it's I can't believe no one ever thought of it before you, that. You get devastating injuries, you get dreams realized on both sides. Dennis Haysbert's in this movie. You get an LA Sparks run. Yeah. You know. Omar Epps, nothing wrong there. So, I, I the the plot is good. The acting is good. The resolution also good. Good basketball. Uh, I'm going to butcher her name, but I do okay. love Sanalathan in this movie okay. a lot. Um, but the chemistry between her and Omar Epps is, is amazing. Yeah. Like They're really, really good together, and it, it carries the movie. And a lot of just the journey to try to become a professional is actually really great in this movie. So I'll leave it at that. Okay. But it just missed my cut. I feel bad I just... I stepped on. I stomped on your number two. I'm going to give you an honorable mention that I know is not on your list. Okay. 
and is probably not on anyone else's list at all. Okay. Uh, the Sixth Man. Are you familiar with this film? I am familiar. I did okay. not put it in my notes, but yeah. uh, feel so, free if you want to add to uh, it. Well, it's a comedy film. It's the Wayne's brother, Marlon Wayne's. I've, I've seen it. I He's just got, did not put it on my honorable okay. mention list, but yeah. You got, you got dunks leading to fatal heart attacks hanging on the rim. You have divine spiritual intervention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have a, a love interest with a reporter. Yeah. So, uh, and then in the end... You figure out that you're you don't need your brother and you can stand on your own two feet and still win a basketball game. So I, I thought it had everything too. That's good. Um, so just because so we're not including documentaries because if we were, uh, hoop dreams would be. hoop dreams would win okay. like by right. far. Hoop Fair. dreams would I'm win on the same page there. Um, and there's so many other ones like the Sebastian Telfair documentary is great where he spent some of the time in Greece. That's why I think it's great. But um, no, I mean, there's so many great basketball movies. So, all right. Uh, Air Bud, I have to mention it. Okay. Great childhood movie. Yeah. I'd let my kid watch that movie. My future children watch that movie. Yeah. Um, just didn't make it just because it's a, it's the dog. Like I can't. Yes, I, right. I, I, so I, I, once you get past the dog thing and it's like. The acting isn't that great in it. It's there's there's a weird. I thought the dog was great. The dog was it. fine. Okay. <laughs> but, All right. Anyway, um, I, I, maybe a movie that relies so heavily on pets just can't. Fair enough. Can't can't be in a top five at this point. All right. Um, I I I briefly will bring up Teen Wolf. Um, I have Teen Wolf listed not on my list, but just listed to bring up and take a big dump on. Okay. I, are we talking about uh, the fat guy center, or are we talking about the dick flashing scene at the end? <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about every single basketball scene. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. It's on a on a Fresh Prince of Bel Air scale. It's it's pretty <laughs> it's bad. Not great. It's it might be worse than Fresh Prince. Yeah. So, um, all right, I will cede the floor to you. But is Coach Carter on your list? Uh, Coach Carter's in my honorable mentions. Does it make your list? No. Okay, so then we got to delve into this because this is this is your wheelhouse. I have a great Coach Carter story, and I don't know if I've ever told you this story all the way. So first of all, as you know, and maybe as some of the listeners know, I did coach high school basketball at my alma mater, Boone High School. Go Braves! With Vincent Carter Sr., who is the father of. Vince Carter, yes. obviously. Uh, incidentally, Vince Carter Sr., the strongest handshake from a man that you'll ever receive in your life. Don't think you told me that. But so, okay. Vince Carter, who is not the Coach Carter, because that's Ken Carter right. from California. Yes. Vince Carter, again, Coach Carter. We're talking Vince Carter Sr.? Vince Carter Sr. Yes. New Coach Carter from the movie Fame. Okay. Got him to come to Boone High School and deliver a talk to the basketball team, some of the volleyball team, motivational speaking, right? Which is what he does now that he's not uh, coaching and impacting young lives that way anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the, the speech is over, and he starts handing out bootleg copies that he signed of the Coach Carter movie in, like, the, you know, the plastic, the paper, or the white paper sleeve uh, with yeah, the plastic. Yeah. For, and... We go out to the parking lot. Mm -hmm. The man has, I shit you not, thousands of copies, like bootleg DVD wow. copies. To be fair, it is his movie. It's a movie about him. Oof. But also, you wouldn't think it, every other word a curse word out of his mouth in his motivational speak to high, speech to high school students. And the whole movie is about how he's trying to turn them into respectable young men who don't 
curse and complete their thousand suicides. So, so. you're telling me they had the right guy in Samuel Jackson. <laughs> they did, they just they, did not unleash the in. R-rated cursing. Yeah. They just didn't. Yeah. So if you, long story short, if you're interested in a Coach Carter, I would like to direct you now to Brentwood High School in Tennessee where you'll find Vince Carter Sr. still coaching. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably a better coach than Ken Carter. Great story. And that's why it did not make my top five. Fair. Um, yeah, it's just very. Uh, some of the actors that are that, some of the what, actors. Who's are, the guy? Channing Tatum's in the movie. Channing There's Tatum, um, the guy that was in like Cousin Skeeter or whatever who showed up. In oh, every I forgot. Movie for yeah, I, 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 I don't buy forget. him as a basketball player. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I added uh, so Space Jam honorable mention. Mm-hmm. I gotta say in the. People are going to flame me for this, but in the basketball Twitter sphere, very overrated movie. Very overrated movie. Um, I did have a birthday theme. I must have, I mean, when I was in elementary school, maybe it was my eighth birthday, seventh, can't remember, but I do remember having a crush on Lola Bunny, so. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. The cartoons, uh, the cartoon scenes, and just, I like the interactions between adults and or humans and cartoons is actually pretty great, but. Just the movie as a whole just doesn't flow for me well enough. I I don't know. I, obviously, you're suspending belief because it's an alien movie where Michael Jordan gets sucked through a hole and like Larry Bird makes a cameo right. and like Bill Murray saves the day and it's 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 it it's a fun movie. I'm not shitting on the movie. It's I'll, just overrated. I will be interested to see how they do the remake reimagining. I think it's gonna be god awful, but we'll find out. All right. Um. Basketball can't count. Too much baseball involved. Yeah, I almost but. put it on my. It was on my. It's a great mentions. movie, though. It's a fun movie to watch. Just Bob Costas is doing Al like play Michaels by play. And yeah. Bob Costas. They both hate that they <laughs> their agents <laughs> signed them up for the film. That's Some great. good gross outs. Um, okay. Uncle Drew is a very blah, like got like bad movie. But gonna, Aaron Gordon's good in it. I'm gonna respectfully disagree. Because Uncle Drew made my top five. Get the fuck out of here. What's wrong with you, man? Well, it's a recency bias. We were fortunate It's number enough. five? We were, it was number five. Uh-huh. So I'll just jump into my list. Okay. Number five on my list, Uncle Drew. Uh, I didn't see the film until re- like two weeks ago. I just watched the film like two yeah. months ago. So, so. I, I, I had the fortune of the free preview weekend for uh, HBO, okay. Cinemax, or whatever. So yeah. I, I'll tape Uncle Drew. I got nothing else going on. Watch some Uncle Drew. I... Underrated performer, Chris Webber. I'm good. Okay, right? I'll give you Chris Webber. I think, I think that you can't go wrong with Nick Kroll being an asshole. I think Lisa Leslie does fine, too. Lisa but. Leslie did pretty good. I thought you got some subtle, sneaky good performances from some people. I mean, what, Reggie Miller? No, no, no. He wasn't terrible. No, no. You lose me well, on Reggie. not bad. Sure. Kyrie did pretty good. And I was surprised. Kyrie's Aaron, fine. Aaron Gordon, I was surprised. Good heel. Yeah, well, I mean, well, he's he's a heel, but not he doesn't overdo the heel. That's the thing. But he didn't just like show up and recite a line. He had some personality to him, so good on him. I thought he has a future. There's a future. Oh yeah, there's yeah. a future. Yeah. So number five, Uncle Dre. I thought ooh, there's some sneaky good comedy. Nick Kroll's great. I love yeah. Nick Kroll. It's okay. fine. I just I there's there's too much. No, I'm All not. Right. I'm not All liking. Right. Fair enough. Um. Just Right is a terrible movie, but I have to mention it because Dwight Howard's in it. There's the common Queen Latifah tie to it, yeah. but um, that's it. Dwight Howard, terrible actor, yeah. very bad. Um, like Mike, a lot of also, people liked it in our childhood. Yeah. I, I, no, it wasn't great. Pat, you know, no, was terrible. I liked Eddie. Eddie was I'm good movie. with Eddie. That's right. fine. I, I, it didn't make my list, but that's a good okay. honorable mention yeah. to add in here. Um, Whoopi. 
Rick Fox is in every movie, which we'll get to that here in a second, I feel like. But there's also some other, like retro films that I haven't watched, but I'm confident wouldn't make my top five. Like the people people bring up like The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, whatever. We're going to pass on that. All right. So I took your number five and your number two. Yep. All right. So let me hop into my number five. Okay. So I've added uh, Glory Road in here. Okay. Glory Road. Uh, it's about the 1966 Texas Western team that once won the NCAA tournament. They were the first uh, all African American starting five to win the NCAA tournament. Um, you have Josh Lucas, uh, the actor playing uh, head coach Don Haskins. He. It's a very forgettable performance from him. Um, he he does okay. You have John Voight with a bad prosthetic nose who gets to play a very racist Adolf Rupp, which so everyone he says he got to play Adolf, Adolf Rupp, Rupp yeah. but um. Or Adolf Rupp, yeah. whatever how you want to say it, but um, Emily Deschanel, which is my favorite Deschanel sister out of the Deschanel sisters, the Bones one. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays the Don Haskins, Don Haskins' wife. Um, pretty great performance from her. I wish she had more screen time, actually. Uh, kind of in a Remember the Titans type of way, you really enjoy some of the players' performances and like the interactions, and obviously there's the racial element that gets involved in there. And I think it's a, it's a very, it's a well done movie. I think five is a good spot for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Was it anywhere near your top five or no? Uh, that was my number six. Okay. So, yeah. all I, right. Yeah. All right. Um, do you want to do number four or should I do my number four? You hop in number four. All right. So number four, I'm throwing in semi pro. Oh, okay. So semi pro, a very lowly rated 5.8 on the IMDB <laughs> charts. Which is a disgrace. It should be a lot higher, and I wish people would rewatch it now. Yeah. But um, Will Ferrell does a hell of a job with this movie. He plays Jackie Moon. He is a star player, owner, entertainer bear for fighter. the bear fighter for the uh, the made up Flint Tropics of the ABA. Yeah. Um, you and I, I believe, have both read the Loose Balls documentary on the ABA. Terry and Pluto book. If you haven't read it, it's amazing. Yeah, great. Great read. It's probably maybe we'll have to do a top five basketball book thing. I don't know, yeah. but it's it's in my personal top five for yeah. basketball books. But um, loaded cast, really Andre loaded 3000? cast. Andre three thousand, really great shooting guard. Um, <laughs> obviously, some of the jumping dunk scenes are a little bit fake, but uh, or very yeah. fake. But um, but very loaded cast. Like they throw in like a Woody Harrelson, Maura Tierney, Rob Corddry bad hairpiece love triangle thing going on there and it actually it's comedy it's fun it's oh, yeah. funny it works out um but there even just some of the supporting cast like jason sudeikis Kristen wig like these people get like a few minutes of screen time like it's a lot of people involved that ha- that you would kind of recognize their face but you can't put their name to hey, it like hey that, i know who father pat is <laughs> yeah yeah that's whatever so yeah. um it's Great because I'm pretty sure they're based off the Miami Floridians ABA team a little bit. At least the cheerleaders definitely are. <laughs> but like some of the stunts were legitimately done in the NBA that they brought back. But oh, the whole thing with like the merger, it, it's great. Yeah. Like, it, it's 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 a much more realistic ABA movie than people realize. And you, and if you haven't watched any of the documentaries or read any of the ABA books, like it was like the Wild West of basketball, and that's why a big reason why the NBA got a lot more fun after the merger was yeah. because some of the rules and just, they loosened up a lot with, with that attitude. But, um, it's semi pro on your list. Semi pro did not make my list. I have it. Number four. Uh, well, yeah, you knew it was coming. Blue chips. 
made the top five okay. and slots in at number four. All right, so uh, you took mine number two, so okay. we're even on number twos now. Right. So would you like to uh, explain your 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 yourself on the blue Obviously, chip selection? Obviously, it's, it's an Orlando Magic podcast, so you have uh, Shaq and Penny. Mm-hmm. I thought one of Nick Nolte's better performances where he's Bobby Knight with a conscience, you know? So <laughs> I have to point out that this is a movie where Nick Nolte's character is based off of Bobby Knight, and yet he coaches against Bobby Knight right. in the movie, yeah. and there's even a throw-chairing scene before that where he throws a chair like Bobby Knight would, and so Nick Nolte, during that basketball game, is out Bobby Knighting Bobby Knight. So the they had a couple of oral histories about the movie that were interesting. Basically, Nolte spent a long time shadowing Bobby Knight, trying to get all his mannerisms and everything yeah. together. And then in the climactic scene of the film where they're trying to throw the alley-oop for Shaq to throw it down, Bobby Knight made them reshoot the scene over and over again because he kept drawing up the defenses to take away the lob. So <laughs> Which is perfect. Everyone's getting pissed off at him. But it's it's yeah, perfect. Basically, you can thank that movie for the Magic making the 95 finals. I was going to say, well, and not even that, but the 94 playoffs too. Right. Okay. But yeah. I, I can thank... I can think Bobby Knight being a dick for Penny and Shaq mastering the the alley oops. <laughs> right, Honestly, go. no. Let's think like seriously. Yeah. How many great alley oops have, have have been thrown? And I'm not. And I know Scows threw Shaq some good ones, and especially Brian Shaw threw Shaq some good ones. But a great Penny, a lot of great epic Penny Shaq alley oop uh, situations. Yeah. So I guess we can thank Bobby Knight for it. Um, again, another good lo- loaded cast. There's like some Oscar winners or Oscar nominees in this movie. Um, like. Uh, Ed O'Neill shows up as like a pretty good reporter in this movie, yeah. and I rank it number two because even though it's a six point two rating on IMDb, which is also a disgrace, it should be a lot higher. This is becoming a more relevant movie every year. Yeah, as we get into See, more college basketball corruption. In the same way that Hoosiers doesn't hold up as each year progresses, Blue Chips becomes more relevant. Yeah, and so th- that's why. Also, a big reason why I like this movie is the first half of it because it shows like Nick Nolte's team sucks. Like he's getting really close to getting fired, so it's like, oh, I got to go recruit these guys. And so, part of the fun is like he's going out to see Larry Bird to go pick up like Ricky Rowe and whatever. And then like there's the money transaction in the tractor, and then he's going out into the middle of nowhere in the bayou to find to watch Shaq right. play in like underground basketball games. Or he's going to like a popular uh, uh, gym where like a million coaches are watching Penny uh, play and whatever. Yeah, yeah, Butch McRae, you know. Shaq was Neon Badeau in that movie. <laughs> but um, just really, really great first part. Like the basketball is fine because they throw in guys like Bobby Hurley, etc. Like they have actual ba- yeah. other basketball players than just the ones that are focused on in the movie. And the basketball is great. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things to me for a basketball movie is the choreographed basketball scenes have to be authentic, and obviously they had college players, they had professional players. Yeah, and it's, like I said, it's a movie that holds up more and more every year, and I gotta say, I think Shaq and Penny, obviously Shaq particular, because he gets his own movie career after this, but they both actually acted really well in this movie, I thought. Yeah. so we'll leave it at that. Uh, so that leaves, we still have an, our number three, number one. Yep. So my number three, mm-hmm. he got game. That is also my number three. Okay. So we're, we're even on that. Um, you want to talk about why you like it? I, I mean. It's a 6.9 on IMDb. It's respectable. It, yeah. it's, it could be better, but it's respectable. 
I, well, I obviously the the <clears throat> fun thing about that movie is Denzel actually working Ray Allen in real life. Yeah, because and Spike Lee letting it happen. So Spike was gonna let them go at it, and he expected Ray Allen to smoke Denzel, you know, eleven nothing or whatever. But then Denzel scores like the first three points, and Ray, Ray Ray Allen just got really pissed off after that, and they actually played, and that's really cool. So. I mean, the premise of the film is Denzel can get his prison sentence shortened if he can get his son, Jesus, which, Jesus Shuttlesworth, one of the all-time greatest movie names, not just sports yeah. movie names, just all-time Great greatest name. you know, movie names yeah. ever, in my mind. You know, He's trying to get his son, basically, to commit to this specific college so that Denzel, or Jake Shuttlesworth, can get his prison sentence shortened, which is kind of absurd, but maybe not really, because... Yeah. Who, how many, who knows how many prison wardens are cousins of, like, ADs at, like, right? colleges? Yeah. So we don't know. Big-time college basketball fans. Um, and so it's another movie where the recruiting process is great, like, especially when Ray Allen has to go to, like, these pro, these uh, on-campus visits. And, right. like, Rick Fox makes cameos. Like, you have guys making cameos. <laughs> and, like, everyone loved Rosario Dawson in this movie for certain reasons. But, right. like, she kind of broke out after this movie as well. Still love Rosario um, Dawson. Everyone loves Rosario Dawson. So, um, I I kind of want to know the percentage of basketball films that Rick Fox has appeared in in his life. <laughs> because I, I would almost venture to say he's he's ventured, he's, he's showed up in, like, 20% of basketball films all time, I feel like. Somehow he's been in more shit than Vanessa Williams has now. I, right? I, it, like, I probably yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure if we pulled up their filmographies, you might be right. So that was a number three. So number one, I'm pretty sure we're gonna agree on right. this. But number one, you want to say what it is? Yeah, there's only one correct answer for the best basketball movie of all time, and it's White Men Can't Jump. Yes, okay. which for a 6.8 rating on IMDb, that that you got to get in the sevens at least. Give me some in the sevens. Uh, it's so before we jump into discussing this film, and mm-hmm. there's a lot to discuss. Mm-hmm. Who has the better 15-foot bank shot from the angle, Woody Harrelson or Adam Sandler? I like Woody's form I like better. Woody. I like Woody. I think Woody would get the shot off under duress, and I think Adam Sandler has to be unguarded to hit. Yeah, I I think Woody uh, just again, great great basketball movies. They're playing they're playing playground basketball. They're playing on the courts of Venice Beach, which we got to do as well, we did. which is aw- which was awesome. Yeah. I tell I I would tell anyone that gets the opportunity that they're they're out in LA to go out there and actually just take a few jump shots on the court. Um but now the basketball I will say in the film is good but not great. Well, so other people playing basketball is great. Wesley Snipes, not so much, because apparently Wesley Snipes could not play basketball going into this. So they 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 uh, cast him in the role, mm-hmm. and then they realize the man can't play basketball. He's an athletic son of a bitch. Obviously, Willie Mays. Extremely, Mays, right? extremely athletic yeah. guy, but not... So they spent a lot of time mm-hmm. trying to make... And, and honestly... They did a good job. I mean, he masked it pretty well, yeah. And look, if you think about it, when you play pickup basketball, it's not always the most talented guys that that ball out. It's sometimes the most athletic guys. Right. So, um, in that regard, you know, you can't complain. I, I kind of find it funny that this movie spins off uh, the uh, Money Train movie, which is basically a reunion of those two that involves J Lo. But right. um, instead of Rosie Perez, they they replay they go with J Lo for the Money Train movie. But um, 
I kind of like this movie because it's not necessarily a basketball movie. Like, there's a lot going on. Like, basketball, the Jeopardy like, stuff. Yeah. Like, basketball yeah. might be, like, the third most important plot like point in this. Subplot. Because there's there's Jeopardy gets involved. Like, Rosie Perez is, like, a, so, a, a genius with, Q, with the letters. That, foods the, the star with the, the letter, letter Q. Q. Yeah. yeah. So, Jeopardy scenes are great. Obviously, Rosie Perez in her prime in this film. She did a great job. Shedding her and the... Her uh, chemistry, volatile chemistry with Woody Harrelson was really good, too. It really works. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, there's other things going on. There's, like, the rise from poverty for these people. and Or it's, there's, like, there's like both doing it legitimately and via con, con methods. It's so. an authentic film. And even though there's a happy ending, there's also not a happy end. It's just like a, yeah. it's a microcosm of life, or, you know? Yeah, I'm not going to add much more to that. I think, right. I think you closed it on that. So, um, gosh, we covered a lot. Apologies, we're at an hour 30 on, on this pod, basically. So we appreciate you listening to another podcast. Please subscribe and give us a max rating. Tweet at us any of your questions and feedback. Spencer, Penny, what is your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. With S's, no C's. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, go Magic. Take care. Watch some FIBA World Cup. Everybody get through Hurricane Dorian in one piece. No carbon monoxide deaths, please, or electrocutions. And uh, keep enjoying that off season. Take care. I feel like-